Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad Podcast, episode 86. Learn to see the possibilities and problems with my guest, Dr. Charles Page. Author of the book, A Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and Suffering. Transforming your greatest challenges into your biggest blessings. Next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley, and I really want to thank you for being here. You choose spending time listening means a lot. Yes, it does. Because you have so many choices now. And especially, well, not all commuting to work. We're all home, but... You listen to podcasts mean real means a lot to me. I was thinking about this podcast and what it's about. I haven't really explained that lately, and I really wanted to touch base a little bit about that. It's a journey of discovery to me. It, it it's important because try I'm trying to figure out things, and I'm sharing with you. So if I'm trying to figure out. I'm assuming you might want to know too. This is the reason why I say that because I'm more. I want to learn. I really want to learn. I'm trying to figure this stuff. So I, I bring on people who I might find. You may, I think you may find interesting. Me, I think you might find interesting. About topics that's like sugar addiction, um, mental health, parenting, s- stories that are inspirational. It's more, it's more just about being a dad and a parent. It's more about being a person, a human being. Back in 2013, I started the podcast. My son was born in 2013. I was like, ah, I can't. I can't write. I mean, I'm not the greatest blogger. If you read the show notes, I'm not the greatest. I do the best I can. I did one episode because I was nervous. I was scared. And I didn't restart in 2016. And then it took off. I just kept continuing. I kept putting out content. Well, and what I mean, con- interview people, I find interesting. I enjoy bringing these people on, talk about the certain topics. Because I know you might find those interesting. And it might relate to some of the stuff you're going through. Like today's topic, we're going to talk about Dr. Charles Page, the author of the book, Spoonful of Cards of Sick and Suffering. He's the guy seeing people on the worst day. And people like that, and then some encouraging stories. This podcast will keep evolving. I, I, I want it to keep evolving and bring interesting topics and discussions. Hey, I even like to get you involved. You, if you leave a comment, talk about, how you like the episode, or maybe something that you found not so interesting about the episode, but bring some discussion of what we talk about because there's so many different topics that I I bring to the but for you the podcast. Today, my guest, Dr. Charles Page, the author of the book Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and Suffering. In the book, he shares the journey of walking alongside patients dealing with health crisis. Think about it. One of the most important, you know. One time, a really scary time, life is dealing with health crisis. Um, Dr. Page shares some lessons he learned from people going through some difficult challenges. And the most inspirational stories, too. Um, Dr. Charles Page talks about a story of a woman who shared something to him. that, um, And she was more thinking about him than she was thinking about herself. Her going through a serious life, life crisis, health crisis. He's the best guy to know on your worst day of your life. We talk about the importance of human relationships, faith. Transforming your problems into possibilities. I know that's, I mean, I, I have challenged with that too. Transforming problems into possibilities. That's very, 
very powerful right there. We have a great discussion. She has a lot of encouraging stories, so let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Page. Great to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. It's one, one thing this time of year, I guess I, I like to ask, because, you know, in the holiday season, and I know you're a um, father of five. What is one thing you're most thankful for this time of year? You know, the health of my children, you know, and the health of my family. Uh, you know, we've got our issues like every family, but man, especially during this time of the year when you take care of sick kids and sick sick people, it just it just blows your mind. You know, I had a patient recently that came in who had had been battling ovarian cancer for 16 years, and uh, wow, you know, I mean, she was just trying to stay alive long enough to to see her old her youngest son graduate from high school. You know, and it kind of puts things in perspective. You know, when you see other people's health problems. You know, it really kind of helps you to kind of, I guess, you know, press the, the reset button and, and makes you think very differently about the things that you're thankful for. Because when you see people going through those kind of challenges, just trying to make it through Christmas so they can you know, spend one more Christmas with their grandchildren or, you know, with their kids, man, it just, I mean, it just levels the playing field. And I realize how much I'm thankful for, you know, so, so often. In my life, I've got all these things that I'm worried about and I'm focused on that really, in the big picture of things, I mean, are, are nothing, you know, compared to what these folks are, are going through. Well, and then I remember you're the best guy to see in the worst day of, of your, uh, their lives. What does that mean to you? Because I know that's something you, you do talk about. Well, I'm the guy you really never want to see. You know, usually when you see me, something bad is happening. And so, um, uh, you know, it typically means that you're in some kind of a, in a car wreck and a trauma and you might need an operation. It may mean you have cancer, may mean that you need emergency surgery. Usually it's something bad. It's funny. It kind of gives me a complex. <laughs> uh, sometimes I see people, Joe, and they smile, you know, they go, Hey doc, I hadn't seen you for 10 years. <laughs> They're happy because they hadn't seen me for 10 years, you know, but uh, that's kind of the relationship that I have with people, you know, I mean, you never really want to see me, but, you know, when you need me, you need me. It's um, interesting, funny. When I'm looking at your website, I know you wrote a couple of the books. Um, the uh, the Shoe Tie Hoedown, I thought that was funny. <laughs> the One-Eyed Monster on the Bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as a dad, you know, we tell stories to our kids and stuff. And, you know, that book was about, you know, kind of teaching my kids how to tie their shoes, you know. So I don't know if you've had that challenge, but, you know, it seems like, at some point, they got to tie their shoes. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, you know, just tell them stories. You know, you know, I think kids like us, they have things that race through their mind when they go to bed. And just, you know, it's just a little kid story that reminds them, you know, of how, you know, God is there to, you know, to watch over them as they sleep. It was just funny because, you know, you had this one about, you know, spoonful of courage and for the sick and suffering challenge. And all of a sudden, it goes, uh, shoot, tying, hold down. I'm like, wow. He just, he goes, he's. He spreads himself all over the place, and it's good. It's, it's interesting. Joe, I'm just a dad trying to, to make it through, just like you, you know, <laughs> trying to make it through this crazy, crazy world. One thing on your story, I know you have an interesting story about um, some challenges you've met. I don't know if you wanted to share that. Well, I don't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the biggest things that's happened to me recently, you know, I mean, as you know, healthcare is changing dramatically. I mean, it's just it's just this paradigm shift in healthcare, and as I'm getting older, it's harder to deal with that change. And, um, you know, healthcare is becoming, a, you know, so much a more technologically driven uh, thing rather than a re relational thing. And so, so many of the things that were important to me as a physician, you know, 
uh, we were taught, you know, continuity of care, patient ownership, all those things, you know, I mean, that this is my patient. This person is my responsibility to take care of, you know, and that I need to see this patient through, you know, no matter what, you know. And so all those things have really changed as we kind of moved towards the shift work mentality, click the box mentality in medicine. And here I am, you know, 50, 51, uh, a dinosaur already in medicine, trying to you know, stay in private practice. And three years ago, my office burned down. And it was crazy, you know, I mean, it's just like my whole, all my retirement, everything was kind of wrapped up in that office, and I was underinsured, you know, the one thing I didn't have enough insurance on, and so uh, as I went through that process, and, you know, that that process of just kind of throwing myself a pity party and everything, I began to talk to my patients, you know, I'm in a small town here in East Texas, and people began to, you know, hear my story, and, you know, the thing that encouraged me the most was people's stories. You know, I mean, you know, people could pat you on the back and say, you know, it's going to be okay. God's going to take care of you or whatever. But, you know, the thing that really kind of motivated me and inspired me to keep going was the stories I heard from people. For example, there's a man that I saw in the hospital that weekend after my building burned, and he said, you know, Doc, my house burned down, and my wife was inside. She was an invalid, and I couldn't get her out in time. And I had to watch my house burn down with my wife inside. You know, when I heard that guy's story, man, it just – I mean, it, like I said, it just kind of, it had, it was an attitude adjustment. I had no reason to complain. I realized that I was throwing a pity party for no reason. You know, and just other things, you know, like I was talking about, people just trying to make it through till they can see their first grandchild born, you know, and they're suffering with cancer and things. You know, and I began to realize, wow, man, these are everyday people going through the stresses and challenges of life who have really, in a sense, you know, are heroes that no one knows about. No one hears their stories. And so that's kind of what inspired me to write the book, A Spoonful of Courage. I mean, uh, you know, there's some good stories and bad stories in it. You know, it's 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 not all this neat little bow, you know, suffering and sickness and bad circumstances. But what it does, it shows the impact that, you know, faith can make in a health crisis. I wonder if you could share one good story, one um, like not so good story about in the book. Well, I'll tell you, um, we had this, I was on trauma call, we had this girl come in in, a, in an ATV accident, and basically she was covered with dirt, glass, it was just a mess, and she was had a closed head injury, she was brain dead, and it was very obvious that she was going to die, there was nothing that we could do, and so the neurosurgeon came in basically and, you know, said, hey guys, I can't operate on her, she's, she's brain dead, you know, we need to call in, you know, hospice and, and life gift. And so the family came in, uh, you know, during that situation. You know, as a doctor, it's really hard. How do you, how do you tell a family that their young, you know, that their child is fixing to die? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a parent, you can imagine. I mean, how much we have invested in our kids, and how much, and how difficult that is to see. You know, we never expect to see our kids die. One thing I question, I, one question I ask, because you're a doctor and you have probably delivered that message many times. How is it, how's it, how the toll take on, how does it feel for you? How does it deal, like, how do you deal with it? Well, you know, in a sense, you know, there's the professional aspect where we wear the professional hat, you know, and we yeah. say, hey, I'm the doctor hat. And then there's the personal hat, like, wow, this is really impacting me. And, you know, we're, we doctors are good at just kind of suppressing things. And I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why I write things. It kind of helps me to kind of begin to kind of, process these events that happened in my life but you know so but but anyway kind of as as the story unfolds uh with these people 
they came in the room and uh, the kid was dying. And I, t- you know, I did the best, kind of fumbled around, telling them that the child was going to die. You know, and, th- and they could see it. They could see that she was deteriorating right before their eyes. And the family gathered around to pray. And, uh, you know, I just kind of, like you said, I just kind of continued about my business. I had work to do. I had buttons to click on the computer. I had all these things to do. And, you know, I came back in to turn off the monitor. The monitor was beeping. And uh, my grandma asked me if I wanted to kind of join them in prayer. And at first I was really reluctant. You know, you know how do we, you said, how do we deal with this? I mean, I, I really kind of want to keep my distance. Grandma said, would you come pray with us? And, you know, I mean, here it is, I'm a Christian, you know, and I was really kind of reluctant to pray. So she calls me in, and I hold hands with them, and Mom, be, Grandma begins to pray. And she says, you know, thank you, God. I thank you that she's perfect. You know, I kind of opened one eye, and I kind of looked at the patient. I says, wait, this, this is far from perfect here. <laughs> you know, she's got blood coming out of her brain, and she's got covered with mud, and you know, her head's bashed in, and this is, this is not a perfect situation. And she kept praying, you know, God, I thank you that she's perfect. You know, and that girl went on to, you know, to pass and to go on into eternity. Grandma's prayer kind of stuck with me. How she responded to that cross, you know, she saw the unseen. You know, she saw things that I didn't see. She saw the perfection that her granddaughter would have in heaven. And, wow, that just blew my mind how the faith that that grandma had. You know, and I, as I compare my faith to that, I, man, I, I just don't measure up to that kind of faith. You know, fortunately, I've never had to face that as a dad. You know, I've never had to face a, a child dying. But, uh, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, in a sense, when, when we're placed in a circumstance, God gives us that greater measure of faith when we need it. So anyway, but that's, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough, to, it's tough to deal with those things. It's tough to process those things. You know, and, and uh, you know, I think about Christmas time, you know, when I was an intern at, in, down in Houston at Ben Taub, we had five drive-by shootings oh, wow. and five children killed on Christmas Day. And, you know, I still don't know how to process that. I still, in my mind, can't, can't figure out how to, how to deal with that. So, yeah, it, as a physician, it's, it's tough. You know, we got to do our job, and yet we're still human beings, and we still we, we need to be compassionate human beings and, you know, not be robots. And I think that's one of the things that's beginning to really be missed in medicine, you know, forgetting the you know, the human relationship that we have with people. It's almost like you come numb to things after a while. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think journaling has really helped me. And, and that's kind of one of the things that I'm learning, you know, is that in retrospect, writing has actually helped me to be able to process these things uh, in a way that I can kind of make sense out of them, you know. So, you know, I always try to look back at the scriptures and see what the scriptures say and and, you know, and, and, and think about how people responded in, in really positive ways. And these are stories about people who have learned to see the, you know, the possibilities in their problems, you know. And, you know, probably like you, Joe, I've, I mean, I just I have all kinds of things, all kinds of problems. Every day it's a new problem that I face. And so, you know, seeing how these people respond really just kind of gives me, gives me faith and courage just to, just to keep going. That's one thing I was interesting, too, like from finding – Transferring your challenge into biggest blessings and, um, and finding your possibilities in situations. I wonder how you feel about that. Well, first of all, these are spoonfuls of courage. It's not about, it's not a spoonful of sugar. We're not trying to sugarcoat things and say that, gloss everything over and say, hey, Joe, everything's going to be great because often it's not. You know, often, you know, there's a saying, um, you know, sometimes there's things that we, we don't ever get 
over, we have to get through them, you know? And so, uh, but definitely the impact that, that faith makes in, in that process. So, but you know, we can. So from a spiritual standpoint, just seeing the fact, uh, you know, how do we transform our problems into possibilities? And, you know, and a lot of it has to do with our focus. You know, you show me your focus, I'll show you your future. And so often when we're going through a crisis, we focus inward. We focus on why is this happening to me? Why now? Why not somebody else? You know, why God? We have all these questions, this inward focus. When we begin to look upward and begin to look and see what God says and what God's promises is, it gives us a kind of a framework to be able to, to take the step. And so, uh, and so how do we transform? You know, we begin to see the possibilities. You know, suffering and difficult circumstances are an opportunity for intimacy with God, with other people, you know. I mean, it's an opportunity to influence other people. I'll tell you, whenever we're going through a tough time, people are watching. And it really is an opportunity. It's, it's kind of like putting an amplifier on a guitar. I play the guitar. You know, when you play the guitar without an amplifier, no one can hear it, but man, suffering is like putting that amplifier on. It really people can, people are watching and they hear, and and it gives you an opportunity to influence people. And it's also, I mean, the possibility of of growing and maturing uh, in your faith. You know, sometimes when we face these circumstances, that man, there's just there's no explanation for. There's no there's no answer to. You know, really, it really helps us to grow in faith. And maturity and endurance and all those things that really God wants us to, you know, to be. Um, so, you know, seeing the, the the possibilities in our problems, seeing the opportunities that this that that these these challenges we face bring. And so that's what this I want the stories to bring out to people. It's just helping to change focus. It's one thing I know. I'm curious because um, and you could probably if you have a father of five. I was how many you have and. Seeing the challenges you go through, what kind of an example you set for them, and have they followed your example? <laughs> well, none of them won't be doctors. That's funny, Joe. <laughs> no, I, I have I have two in college, two boys in college, and one wants to be a lawyer of all things, and <laughs> and the other wants to be a missionary and 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 take languages and and you know take these languages and convert the Bible into other languages. So, you know, I think the main thing is uh, with our kids is it's not about perfection; it's about direction. You know. We don't have to be perfect as parents, and I and I think when they get that and realize that, hey, we're just trying to figure out life too, and we're just taking steps, you know, and just giving them unconditional love. You know, the fact that I tell my kids all all the time, you know, hey, there's nothing you can do that can make me love you any more or any less. You're my child, and I love you. You know, that kind of reflects, I think, God's love towards us. You know, so often we think we need to perform to be accepted. You know, or <laughs> And, you know, because we live in this world, man, it's crazy. People, you know, you know, it's all about performance-based acceptance. You know, we got to check the boxes and do all these things. And so I think that's one of the main things I try to focus on on my kids, focus on relationship. You know, with five kids, I can't be at every baseball game. I can't be at every, you know, everything. Uh, but I can be there at, at times. Just like, like last night, Charlie wanted to build a fire. <laughs> and so Charlie's my youngest. And so we built a fire. We hung out around the fire and had a fire and had a great time. And you know, that was one of those things that was on Charlie's list of, you know, just needing dad's attention. And so we have to be sensitive to those things. You know, it's, it's crazy when we're busy. Yes. You know, I mean, I have, I have one of those jobs that, man, I can be called out anytime and have to leave. And so, I, you know, and so often, you know, we have something planned and then the plans change. You know, it's all about relationship, you know. Relationship, I mean, relationships are a big deal, especially with family and friends and having keeping important relationships. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, and, and, and just under, people understanding, you know, I mean, sometimes uh, our circumstances and things in life don't work out the way we plan. You know, we have, we have planned to go away for the weekend. I've got a sick patient. I can't leave. But, but I'll tell you what I've, I've realized, too, is it's not always the big things. It's a lot of times it's the small things. It's just showing up and, you know, giving your kids a hug and just kind of engaging, you know, when you're home. You know, a lot of times I take my work home with me. You know, all the things that I'm going through, you know, affects how I relate to my kids. And so we have a kind of a long driveway, and I try to, you know, throw all that stuff out the window as I'm driving up the driveway <laughs> so that, you know, focus on my kids and uh, focus on my wife. And I, I think that makes a difference. You know, just those small deposits in their lives really makes, I mean, really makes a big difference. Um, I know you're a man of faith. And what is really, I mean, we talked about when we were talking a few minutes ago, what does faith mean to you? Well, I mean, ultimately, it's faith in the fact that God does for us what we can't do for ourselves, you know, and I'm Christian, you know, and, and, the, and the, really the Bible talks about what grace is, is, you know, God stepping in and doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. The fact that, you know, that God took our place and that's why Jesus came because mm-hmm. you know, we've all been trying to do this performance-based acceptance all our lives, even with religion, you know, even, you know, we think sometimes if we do this and do that and somehow we'll, you know, get in God's, graces, you know, or God's, you know, approval, and, and basically, you know, it doesn't measure up, you know, and that's what the scriptures say, is we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but, but just the fact that Jesus came to take our place, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just real simple, and, you know, that even involves every aspect of our life, you know, if, if we let it, you know, sometimes we get the idea about, you know, salvation, that Jesus came, and we believe in that, but you know, Jesus came to take our place, even in, in the little things, even in fathering, you know, and, you know, so often I'm inadequate in so many areas, you know, as a father, yet if I trust God and let God make up for my inadequacies, you know, somehow it happens, you know, and I can't tell you, I mean, how relationally challenged I am. I mean, I'm a surgeon. I, I do my best work when people are asleep, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and even as a husband, you know I mean? I just, I, so, you know, God makes up in our inadequacies if we let God you know, work through us, you know, and so that's what faith is, you know, faith is something more than just a, uh, you know, just a bunch of hoops that we have to jump through or a bunch of boxes to check. It's really about a relationship and just letting God do for us what we can't do for ourselves. That's what, that's what grace is and that's what it's all about. And we get it wrong. I get it wrong so often, you know, in, in, in my life and think that it's all about doing something, you know, and, and it is in a, in a sense, but it's more about, being, you know, in that relationship and letting God work, not doing things for God, letting God do things through us, you know? Well, um, wrapping up, uh, final thoughts, when you, when, uh, the final thoughts about the spoonful of courage and, and the sick and suffering challenges? Just helping people to, to change focus. You know, we talked about looking inward. We talked about looking upward and how things make sense when we look up, upward. We're never going to understand why some of these things happen in our lives, you know? Like in the Bible, Job asked why 16 times, and God never gave him an answer. Instead, he gave him more questions to answer and really focusing back on, hey, I'm God, you're not, trust me. But, you know, the people who seem to do best in difficult circumstances, whether it's a financial problem or a relational problem or, you know, a health crisis, are the people who look upward and then begin to look outward and look for someone else that they can encourage in some way. I mean, those are the people, you know, I think that do the best. And those are the people who seem to thrive in the midst of their challenges. 
you know, people who, you know, begin to look outward. And it's something that's funny. You know, when we're looking inward, all we do is get depressed. You know, but when we begin to look outward and look at other people and begin to think about other people, that's where I think we begin to see kind of the miracle of God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so that's what I want to encourage people, you know, and final story, my mother died of, of lung cancer about four years ago. You know, it's crazy. I'm a surgeon. I fix things. I couldn't fix my mother. And here I am struggling with this. And I have this patient who came in with a locally advanced breast cancer. And, you know, she knew that she had it. And her, her kids brought her to the emergency room. It wasn't an emergency. And it's almost like this lady, uh, her name was Catherine. It's almost like Catherine was like sweeping this under the rug. Like she was just almost like trying to not even, you know, uh, think about it. Uh, as, as we took her through this process, and she really went through treatment because of her kids, this was a lady of great faith. And she would go down by the river and pick pecans, um, you know, and when she did that, she would pick these pecans and put them in sacks and, and pray for people. You know, so when she brought you a sack of pecans, that meant that she had spent some time praying for you. Now, you know, in Texas, we're crazy about pecans. You know, <laughs> pecans are state tree and everything, but she would bring these. So this lady would come in here. She's dying of breast cancer. And I'm supposed to be the one that's imparting wisdom to her. And she's encouraging me. Somehow she found out about my mother. And she's, you know, always asking me about my mother. Can I pray for you? You know, and just, you know, it just kind of blew my mind that someone going through something like that, who's dying of cancer herself, would be worried about somebody she doesn't even know with who's dying of cancer as well. And was thinking about them rather than thinking about herself, you know. And you know, it talks about in the scriptures how we're not to we're to consider the the uh, you know the issues of other people greater than our own, you know. Just how she was thinking about her, not thinking about herself in a small way, and how much encouragement that meant to me, and how much that changed the doctor, you know, helped me out in my process, you know. And so, just want to encourage people, man, just to. Look for someone else that you can encourage. There's always opportunities to influence people, and that's one of the you know the possibilities you know that we find can find in our problems. One thing I didn't mention, and I know you're you're a busy man, a doctor, writing books and stuff, but you also have a podcast. I didn't mention that. Yeah, it's called uh, Doctor Page's Podcast, and we just are doing various things. I eventually want to move into stories of people who you know just everyday people who have went through difficult times and sharing. Uh, the impact that faith makes, and, and just some just some lessons learned through their health crisis. Right now, we're just doing some stuff on, you know, suicide. You know, I just recently had a, a, a talk with a, a grief specialist about what not to say, what to say. You know, suicide's a big topic now with the recent shooting and all. And man, it's just it's just crazy. You know, journaling and all those things about how to process these things. But eventually, I want to deal with stories of people who are going through a health crisis. So, you know, if you find our podcast, you can. Uh, uh, talk to us, and maybe we can interview you on the podcast. Where they where they connected? They can reach out to you. There's any place you can connect with you? Probably the best place would be on our contact page or charleswpage.com, and uh, and then we can get get things rolling from there. Well, thank you, Darum Chuck. Thanks for being on the podcast today. All links will be in the show notes. I really do appreciate you, sir. Joe, it's been fun. It's been fun. I appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, you know, look forward to to getting to know you better in the future. Thank you. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Dr. Charles Page for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about him over at charlespage.com. Also, you can also find a link to his podcast there, and also you can find it in Apple or where you find your podcast. 
listening app or whatever like that. It's Dr. Charles Page or Charles Page Podcast. You can find all links in the show notes over at nocityonthesideline.com slash 86. Hey, like I said in the beginning, please reach out. If you have a question, have a comment, or just want to say hello. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm really, I'm listening. I know some people listening, so I can see the stats where the country's from. I always find interesting where some of them, like Spain. I know you have somebody in Spain. You're always listening. Or I saw some people in Ireland recently. I saw some people in California. I get a lot of, thank you people in California. You, you're really, I always like cool to see where people come from. Please reach out. You can find all my contact information at nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. You can find all my social media links, my email. If you have any questions, concerns, please reach out. I really, really appreciate you. And if you like the content, please click the link in the show notes. Buy me a coffee. Um, I would really appreciate it. Let me show that you really like the content. Well, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Give your kids a hug. Tell them much you love them. Really, give them a hug. Big hug. When I see my son, I think Wednesday, I'm going to give him a big bear, bear hug and squeeze him. Tell him much I love him. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media.